3: This is the sooner sports podcast. Your all access pass to sooner sports. The sooner sports podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Wind Resort. The place to be. Oh mama. Play. Now, here's your host, Chris Blank. All right, Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast. This is the Huddle Reloaded. Every Tuesday night, we're live from Rudy's with Lincoln Riley's show. But it has a tailgate show, if you will. And it's called The Huddle with Toby Rowland and Teddy Lehman. And we put it in a podcast form for you every single Thursday morning. So I don't have a ton to do on this episode except to drop two reminders for you. And one of them is a plea, a call to action, if you will. Tomorrow's episode of the Coach's Corner. Of course, you heard it live or you'll hear it live tonight on the Sooner Radio Network. It airs at 7 p.m. If you want to find an affiliate near you, go to Soonersports.com slash radio. But tomorrow morning, Friday morning, it drops in podcast form. If you're a Sooner fan, you need to hear this. I don't care if you are anti-technology. I don't care if you're anti-my voice, whatever. Alex Grinch is on Coach's Corner with Jay bolware and... It's fantastic to hear Teddy and Coach Grinch talk about the defensive mindset, to talk about where they've grown, where they continue to see growth, where they want to see growth. We talk about the conversation on player position movements. We dive into the mindset behind rotations and how they decide who subs in and who doesn't and and why it's a core point of this defense. I encourage everybody, not just listening, but everyone that is a Sooner fan to listen to Alex Grinch on the Coach's Corner, if not live tonight from 7 to 8 p.m., then on the podcast. First thing Friday morning, go to SoonerSports.com slash podcast. It will be up and ready for you. This is a can't-miss episode. Also, a reminder on the Sooner Radio Network, the party at the Palace will kick off at 9 a.m. on the Sooner Radio Network. Now, technically, the party at the Palace is always happening, right? But uh, it's the brand-new tailgate location for... What was FanFest is now All State's Party at the Palace. We start our radio pregame show at 9 a.m., but an uh, hour before that, they'll have food trucks, they have the GoVision Jumbotron there so we can all watch game day together and get ready for the 11 a.m. kick between Oklahoma and Texas Tech. So we'll see you at Gaylord Family, Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. The party at the Palace will be getting on the air at 9 a.m. on the Sooner Radio Network, but if you're heading down from Tulsa or Dallas or just the short drive from OKC, Norman, wherever you travel for game day, make sure to get out and check out the tailgate fun early. All right, enough for me. Let's get after it. It's time for the Huddle Reloaded. Toby Rowland, Teddy Lehman, and we start with a look back at UCLA.
2: Does it feel like a year since that football game
1: was played or what? A long time. We were asked by our producer, Zach Tilly, here in this first segment to kind of recap the UCLA game. And it took me a while to remember what happened in the UCLA game.
2: It took me a while to remember who we played last. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) UCLA game, it feels like it was a long time ago um i thought it was a fun road trip for this team first road trip of the year it's a long flight you know you're in the hotel for a long time on a night game there's a lot of team you know the team building out there so i thought it was great fantastic and maybe our most complete game of the year All right. they
1: played well on offense they played well on defense They played well on special teams. Mm -hmm. And how about the Sooner fans and the way they showed out in Pasadena? That was
2: cool. You know, I expected um, maybe not a whole lot of fans to show up for UCLA and was wondering about how many OU fans were going to make the trip. But it was a lot of fun. There was was a huge group out there. You could tell whenever we're scoring and our fans are going crazy when the defense is out there on third down. That's pretty fun. How
1: many of you were in uh, Los Angeles? Raise your hand. How many of you? All right. Not as many as I had hoped. Dozens glad, out glad there. For making, yeah. well, literally ones <laughs> of you were out there. Opening segment presented by Noble McIntyre at McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. Let's talk about the 48-14 win over the Bruins a week ago Saturday out in the historic Rose Bowl. And we'll start on offense. Jalen Hurts was great in Game 1. He was great in Game 2. I think this, though, was his best game so far this year.
2: Yeah, it was It was really impressive. Wasn't exactly sure how this thing was going to unfold. I expected UCLA to kind of just go all out blitz against Jalen Hurts and say we're not going to let him run against us we're going to make him throw into some tight windows with some pressure in front of his face and he said okay well fine I'll just run with the football and uh, you know over 150 yards rushing unbelievable stuff for him you know he just beats people in numerous different ways he can beat you throwing the underneath pass he can beat you throwing the deep ball he can beat you whenever he just uses his legs as we see here and he takes one to the house he's got great speed whenever he's running the ball. He's got really good patience to let his blocks unfold in front of him. He's a tough guy to bring down as he's, you know, over 220 pounds. Big guy. Falls forward for extra yards. So man, he's the total package right now. There's not a whole lot you can look at with the first couple of games for him and and mark him negatively anywhere. You know, one of the question marks this year was, okay, let's see what his accuracy looks like. Is he going to be accurate with the football? And I'd say he's been more than accurate with the ball. I mean – very few incomplete passes. Most of the passes that he completes are really good footballs that are put in good areas for those receivers. You know, a big part of this offense is what you do after the catch, and the ball has to be put in the in the proper spot on some of these swings and these screens, the tunnel screens and, and bubble screens, and he's been super accurate, you know, almost completely this season. So He never hey seems
1: flustered. No. And how many times has he – made a decision this year where you said that was a bad decision or almost thrown an interception. Like, I can't remember
2: one. I can't think of a a bad decision. I can think of some situations where well, maybe there was a better option, but that's not a bad decision. Like, we're complaining that he's running for first downs (laughs) instead of maybe holding the ball a little bit longer and finding an open wide receiver, which is an Oklahoma offense uh, problem to have.
1: He's developed a pretty good chemistry with this guy, too, Charleston Rambo.
2: Boy, I guess. uh, Rambo, a lot of people speculated after the strong close to last season that he was going to come on this year, and boy, he sure has. And, you know, just... I mentioned earlier about a lot of this offense is what you can do with the ball after after the catch. And Lincoln, it looks like, has built some things into this offense to, to you know take use of his speed and get him on some underneath routes where he can run away from coverage and turn those into big plays. He's been spectacular.
1: Defenses are paying so much attention to CD that he's finding himself in, in open spots. And that's, that's more than okay with uh, Jalen Hurts.
2: You know, math is a heck of a thing. And you can only double cover one guy. You can only put a a, a safety over the top of one guy unless you just want (laughs) to, you know, start pulling defensive linemen out of there. But that's the problem with Oklahoma is you cannot cover everyone. They can walk to the line on any snap and love a matchup somewhere, whether it's Rambo, whether it's CD, whether it's one of their running backs on a linebacker, there's going to be a matchup that they really love because we're so deep at skill position. What
1: did you say? It's a -a whack-a-mole offense? I mean, Soon as it you is. think you've got one, here comes another it guy is, popping up.
2: Yeah, at first you think maybe you've got a handle on things, and before you know it, you're <laughs> overwhelmed. We didn't even talk about
1: the running backs at all in that game. 48-14, Sooners over 300 yards rushing Yeah, why well, mention. it, they only went
2: for uh, over three Bills <laughs> went running 30, the football.
1: 309, never mentioned Trey Sermon, Kennedy Brooks, or Ramondre Stevenson. A, uh, as we mentioned, as you mentioned, just a fantastic all-around performance. We'll talk defense in a second, but before we do, it is time for our drive of the game brought to you by triple a insurance at home or on the road we've got you covered let's go back to the opening drive of the game it was all jalen hurts and it was all jalen hurts on the ground the drive actually started at the 11 yard line but because of a uh, holding penalty later in the drive he would get 99 yards rushing first play of the game though he goes for 52 teddy
2: yeah pretty impressive here it is it's man-to-man coverage you know the problem with man-to-man coverage is, yeah, you make the windows tight and it's harder to complete some of those passes. But whenever your guys are all run off downfield and you've got an athletic quarterback, he can tuck it, take it himself, and everyone's got their backs to him. There's a ton of green grass, and that's exactly what he did on two occasions.
1: That was the holding play, so that put a back ten yards. This looks to be a called run. Does it, doesn't pick up much, and then uh, another big gainer on the ground here for Jalen actually that's going to be the pass downfield Calcaterra couldn't hang on to that one and now Jalen says fine uh if you're not going to catch it when I throw it to you I'll just run it myself nice Nice shiftiness
2: yeah nice move there in the open space from a big quarterback uh freezing a linebacker he just comes up hugging air it's impressive it's difficult and then there's the called run right up the middle they gash it that's that patience waiting for those blocks to unfold in front of him, and there's, there's no one left. I mean, if you're going to try and stop the quarterback run game, you have to put every single player at your disposal defensively in the box, and if someone's out of a gap, there's no one on the, on the back end to, to save the touchdown.
1: 99 rushing yards on that drive for Jalen Hurts. I think there were two called runs and two improvised runs on that drive for him. That's your AAA drive summary. AAA at home or on the road, we've got you covered. Now let's talk about your favorite topic defense. The Sooners give up 14 points, seven in each half to UCLA. What was your overall opinion of how they played defensively?
2: I thought it was a really solid football game. Um, You know, I I think I continue to be impressed by our front seven. I really like what they've done with the defensive line, and they rotate several different guys through. Uh, Whether it's Redman or, or Perkins or Stripling, there's a bunch of different guys getting in on the action, and it's in the running game and the passing game. We've seen Quarterbacks under constant pressure uh, with this new scheme, with our defensive line in gaps, firing off the ball. They're running stunts and twists up front. They're moving before the snap. It's, it's hard for these offensive lines. They don't, they don't see anyone else really that does this. You get one look. Okay, you come to the line, you're about to snap it, then the defensive line shifts. Okay, the running, the blocking for whatever it is that you're about to run is completely changed, and then you try and refocus, and then on the snap, you got guys moving again. It's a lot for these offensive lines to try to process, and those big 300 pounders start thinking, and they're a lot slower, less aggressive off the line. And our defense doesn't have to think. They know their gap. They just fly off the ball and penetrate. And it's turned into some really good production. I mean, that's where it all starts is the the pressure on the quarterback and the defensive line getting in on the action has changed things on the back end. I mean, you'll hear it from anyone. The best friend to a secondary is a pass rush Mm -hmm. because that – Ball having to come out before the quarterback really wants it, it just it helps that secondary out. They can be more aggressive on the yeah. back end. Quarterback's not going to sit there and pump the ball for four or five seconds. He's going to get sacked, so you can jump routes underneath. You can be aggressive uh, whenever guys come out of their cuts. So I, I think it's all just really starting to work together really well. And it leads to takeaways. That's right. It leads
1: to interceptions. We saw two more of those on Saturday. That's five takeaways in the last two weeks. Trey Brown got him one, and late in the game, Ryan Jones got him a pick.
2: Yep. There's quarterback flushed out of the pocket, um, you know, tries to make a play, and here's a, a guy jumping a route, right? They're they're jumping routes because the quarterback's under duress and having to get rid of the ball. And uh, we've seen this in the past where we've had opportunities to make plays and guys, for whatever reason, haven't been able to capitalize on it, you can tell the emphasis is starting to pay off with this group.
1: Here's the pick late in the game, Ryan Jones. Right at the bottom of the uh, – right at the top of the turf.
2: You know, sometimes you make a great play and get an interception and other times it's a terrible pass and yeah. it just ball lands right in right your lap you. i know as good as anyone that the ball could just land in your hands. did so, that ever happen to you i, I don't know Not can you it think ever. of a time i can't
1: think of a time <laughs> when that might have happened to you sooner's now a plus three in the turnover margin on the year good news for oklahoma this week they're getting more help on the defensive front that guy double nickel 55 is back Kenneth Man is back, Teddy. No,
2: well, that's going to be good. The more depth up front, the better. We've seen more guys in this rotation than we've ever seen before, and they're all capable, right? We're not just throwing bodies out there. I feel like everyone that we're putting on the field right now on the, across that defensive line at whatever position you want to single out gives us a good chance um, guys that can make plays can rush the quarterback can penetrate in the running game and uh, he just adds to that overall athleticism of that entire group
1: this is a guy who has made big plays too in big moments of games two years ago in Stillwater last year against Army that was one of the biggest plays of the season otherwise army might have won that game he also hit the quarterback that led to the final interception to wrap it up so he's not just another guy he's a guy that was a captain last year for this team and has made big plays and
2: there's no doubt some guys just have a knack for the football have a knack for making plays Um, They're just around the ball whenever stuff happens. He's one of those guys. And we could use that added production. I mean, uh, we want turnovers from everyone. And if it's a defensive lineman, so be it. If they're batting balls down up front and letting linebackers run underneath it, so be it. If they're stripping it, you know, sack fumbles, however we can get the ball out. Let's do it. He's been a big, big part of what this defense has done in the production over the last couple of years. It's nice to have him back. All right. So let's
1: talk about the uh, topic du jour now, since we're talking defense. Trajan Bridges is a five-star wide receiver for this team. And uh, reports are, and they have now been confirmed by Alex Grinch, that he is at least practicing on the defensive side of the ball, either uh, somewhere in the defensive backfield. So it looks like either he's going to play both ways or they're at least taking a look at him on defense. Everybody's talking about this. Teddy, what are your thoughts on the topic?
2: My thoughts are uh, my prayers have been answered. (laughs) I've been saying this for a long time. You you know, we always talk about, well, back in the day when defense was really good. Well, back in the day when defense is really good, The best athletes on the team were moved to the defensive secondary. They didn't play wide receiver. They played corner. They played nickel. They played safety. And that's one of the things that I've talked about recently is, you know, we're stacked at one position. If we could spread some of that wealth to the defensive side of the ball, it would help us out as a football team uh, a ton. So whenever I heard that that move was going down, I was like, "Yes, this is going to be great." You've got a five-star athlete, wide receiver, that's going to be playing in the defensive secondary. He goes, you know, six one, six two, two hundred pounds, a big kid. incredibly athletic, and you know, we've talked about it on the broadcast. I love watching him cover kicks. Mm -hmm. He flies down the field. He's super aggressive. Whenever you're covering kicks, you're playing defense. That's all it is. So uh, he stuck out to me early on. Now, if they move him to defense and it sticks and this is a permanent move and that's what he's going to start doing now, could be a complete game changer for this, this secondary. We've heard Grinch. You know essentially, since he got here saying that we need more talent in the secondary, we need bigger guys in the secondary, we need some some more bodies back there that can give us some depth and give us some playmaking ability. Well, voila, here we go here's your five star athlete so i think it's I think it's do you think he plays this week on defense well, uh, if he's practicing there. I I would guess that he plays there. Um, It's hard to know. It depends how he's processing what they're throwing at him. You know, they're going to give him a lot of stuff. You know, you think about everyone else on this defense they've had since January in walkthroughs and meetings and, you know, in actual game time and scrimmages and drill work. They've had hours and hours of work installing this new defense. Well, you know, a week ago, he's like, I'll play defense. And it's kind of hard to cram all that on him at once. So I would say that if he plays, I would say it's probably maybe some situational type stuff. It's maybe a pilled back game plan to where they can say, go cover this guy, right? If it's like a maybe a man-to-man call. Let's put you out there and blitz you in a couple of situations. Let's use your size, maybe if it's a short yardage or goal line package, because mm-hmm. that stuff is – you don't have a big, long playbook and a bunch of different calls that you're going to go through. It's one or two different calls, and you can keep it pretty, pretty thin on mentally what he has to do, but physically, aggressively, he can use his body and go out there and fly around and make plays. So I'm telling you, I'm, I'm really excited about this. If this sticks – If it's a full-time switch and, okay, he's playing defense for us full-time, he's good enough that even though he's a true freshman, because of his size, because of his athleticism, it would not shock me if he worked into some type of starting role pretty quickly.
1: I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, on which side of the ball have the troubled waters been in recent years? Defensively. That's where you want your bridges, over troubled waters. Am I right? Well, here's the thing. He's just – I'll work on that before Saturday. Uh,
2: he has such a higher ceiling of what he, his potential and what he is capable of right. than a lot of guys I right now. I just
1: needed you to laugh at the joke. I didn't need you to go to into a deeper philosophical explanation. Okay. Just say that was a good one.
2: Uh, All right. We'll take a time okay. out. <laughs>
4: So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
1: This was two years ago in Norman when Texas Tech visited. Big day for C.D. Lamb. C.D. goes nine catches, 147 yards, two tugs against the Red Raiders. Sooners won that one. 49 to 27. Will CD have another big day?
2: That's so old. That's two Heisman Trophy winners ago. Baker (laughs) Mayfield. That's crazy. Think about the three quarterbacks that he's going to say through footballs to him in college. Isn't that unbelievable? That
1: is really. That's unbelievable. Trey Sermon last year had a big day. Among others, he ran for over 200 yards and really put it away in the fourth quarter. Remember, Teddy, Oh, you trailed 14-0 just like that in this game in Lubbock a year ago, but rallied to win behind great play from... Kyler Murray and friends.
2: Yeah, that was that was a wild football game. Bowman got hurt, was out in the second half, couldn't answer the bell for the second half. Um, who knows what would have happened because he was having a really good football game, able to come out of there with a win. This one's made for some exciting football over the the past couple of years. Yeah. I see you looking at me because you know exciting <laughs> for,
4: all, for
1: for everyone but you. right? <laughs> you hate it.
2: Lots of points <laughs> scored in this series recently. So wow. I, I don't know it's a it's still a great offense with Wells but for the whole team, it's a different philosophy with the way they want to play football than the Kingsbury uh, group.
1: Let's, let's talk about that. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury out, Matt Wells is in. What's going to be different about what we see from Texas Tech?
2: Well, you're still going to see the the spread offense stuff that we're used to, right? You're, you're going to see a lot of that. You're going to see the the RPO game. You're going to see some of the inside zone stuff. Um, you know, you're going to see a lot of the same football. That we 've seen from a lot of other, other teams in this conference, but there's more of a, a mindset philosophy there that they want to be they want to be tough on the line of scrimmage both sides of the ball they want to try and lean on their defense um, you know it, it something that we saw from Texas Tech in recent years is it's almost as if that defense is a you know just get us out out on the field with our offense so we can score some points they want to play differently now. Is it going to work out for him? I don't know. They're not there right now with some of the talent that they've got uh, you know, on, on campus, but that's where Matt Wells has said he wants to go. But you're going to see a good – this is a really good uh, both rushing and passing attack. You know, Wells at Utah State was the number two scoring offense in the country last year behind only Oklahoma. So he knows how to dial up some points and some yards and get the ball into uh, his playmaker's hands. So – um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good matchup this will be the best matchup so far I say best the toughest matchup so far for our defense
1: Keith Patterson their defensive coordinator super aggressive uh, the last few years they've kind of, laid back and tried to make you mm-hmm. make mistakes they are going to blitz blitz and blitz on saturday morning and saturday afternoon and on offense you mentioned what well, they, they go fast man mm-hmm. i mean they're they are trying to snap it as quickly and as often as possible
2: they do and they've got some really good skill position guys they've got um a running back transferred in from utah uh, tj Vasher. we've seen him before so they've got some weapons there you put some uh up tempo stuff with that it makes for a difficult stop
1: well they don't have alan bowman you mentioned he left uh last year's game he got hurt in this game against Arizona and is out for an indefinite period of time I think it's on this play coming up here Bowman a really nice pass. he's got a shoulder driven into the turf there out in the desert really nice passer so they're without Bowman which means it will either be Jet Duffy or Jackson Tyner on Saturday now we saw Duffy a year ago yeah he played the major, well, all the second half of that game out in Lubbock, he was uh, nine of seventeen, 139 yards passing, two touchdowns through the air, and one on the ground. He's he's an athletic kid. Jackson Tyner may actually be the guy we see first, although I think we're going to see both of them. Tyner is a grad transfer from Rice, big six-five pocket passer type. These are two different stylistically.
2: No, they really are, and. You know that may be the reason we see both of them instead of they 're not sure who to play there 's two different styles. I think Tyner may be the better passer, as you said six foot five he 's like two hundred and thirty five two hundred and forty pounds big kid, kind of sits there as a statue in, in the in the pocket and wants to whip it all over the field. Very limited experience though he 's coming from rice, and you look at his career numbers. Just very minimal uh, passing attempts over his career. Duffy, on the other hand, he got a lot, of, a lot of playing time last year because of the injuries to Bowman with the collapsed lungs. So uh, he was able to get in there, run that offense. Now it's a different offense this year, but there's multiple ways they can use him. He's more athletic. Um, you know, in the running quarterback stuff has given us problems. I would say the most yards we've yielded this year and maybe, I guess you say, the worst that we've looked is whenever Derek King was kind right. of running the football uh, around from the quarterback position. So I imagine we see both. I personally am more worried about Duffy.
1: I think the assumption by all of, you know, everybody around here this week has been that Duffy will be the guy because we saw him last year. You talk to the people in Lubbock and they'll tell you the opposite. opposite. They're expecting Tyner to kind of be – because he beat Duffy out in the preseason for the backup spot. But it could be that once Matt Wells looks at the matchups, he says Duffy's a better matchup. So we'll see. you got to be ready for both well, of them.
2: I'll, I'll say this, and you know I, this may not factor into the decision at all, but with the pass rush that I've seen so far with Oklahoma, our defensive line, and how athletic they are, our edge rushers, I want someone that can evade a rush and can move outside the pocket and may be under constant duress all day. Yeah. For me, that would be Duffy.
1: Are you doing the Texas Tech show right now or the OU show? Sounds like you're trying to give I'm them some I'm just trying
2: to predict right. what may happen.
1: Um, let's talk defense. A little deeper dive into what you were saying about the Tech defense. They gave up a bunch of rushing yards to Arizona two weeks ago. Uh, the Cats ran for 314 against them. But like I said, Keith Patterson, aggressive, aggressive, aggressive.
2: Yeah, curious. You know, they had played played really well, you know, up to this point, hardly given up any points at all before they gave up the, the 28 to Arizona, but still playing pretty good, forcing turnovers, and that's the one thing, like, if we don't have the best personnel defensively in the conference, well, we've still got to create some, some plays somehow. How are we going to do that? It's easy to blitz. It's easy to rush people. It's easy to, you know, to just kind of pin your ears back and send guys and go one-on-one on the outside. Worst case scenario, You give up a big play, but best case scenario, you create a huge play. Maybe a sack, get him behind the chains, maybe force the quarterback to throw an errant pass and get a turnover. So I expect that. You know, I I thought UCLA was going to do it with some man blitz stuff. We got we got him out of it pretty quick with 99 rushing yards on the opening drive by our quarterback. So it's going to be a heavy risk-reward situation, but I do expect him to say, hey, we've got to create something defensively. Let's add some more guys to the rush and put some pressure on this young offensive line for Oklahoma. Talking
1: to a Texas Tech expert today out in Lubbock, you sitting down for this? Sitting he down. He said this. He said, this Tech team has more talent on defense than on offense. When's the last time you could say that about a Texas Tech football team?
2: I, it's been a long time, and it makes me wonder. Uh, is that something good to say about the uh, defense right. or something horrible to say about their offense? <laughs> Maybe both. Maybe Because both. we know what the talents look like defensively. And if it's yeah. better, what they got oh, on I now? think they're better. I mm. think
1: they're better defensively. Yeah. Let's talk Big 12. Pretty interesting weekend. The good thing about the bye week is we got to kick back and watch it all. And um, fun game to watch Saturday night down in Austin. Texas holds off. Oklahoma State,
2: 36-30. It was a fun game. It really was. Oklahoma State going on the road, played pretty tough. Texas left the door open late. Um, saw Sam Ellinger make some really nice throws, looked really good at quarterback. And the Sanders kid for Oklahoma State made some mistakes, as you would expect for a freshman, but also made some really nice plays himself that, you know, makes you wonder how good of a player he's going to be down the stretch some interesting play calls uh from oklahoma state they ran a fake field goal in a in a strange little uh way that that unfolded some interesting stuff down on the goal line but all in all a really competitive football game and this series has been really good over the last couple of years
1: texas is beat up look to see their secondary is uh... Caden Stern is going to be out for a while, maybe for the OU game. Meanwhile, TCU coming off that nice road win in West Lafayette, came home and laid an egg. SMU, their crosstown rival, jumped all over them early and held them off 41-38.
2: Yeah, just whenever you think TCU is making some some good you know, groundwork, getting this team up to par, um, not so fast. SMU, who's playing really good this year. It's a good SMU football team. Uh, Bouchelle, quarterback Boucher, there, yeah. is having a really nice year for them. But I was still shocked to see TCU go down to SMU. I
1: didn't get to see much of this game. I would have liked to have. West Virginia beat Kansas in Lawrence. Remember, Kansas was coming off that win up in Boston College. Played them tough. Just didn't quite have enough. 29-24 Mountaineers.
2: It's a tight football game. Uh, West Virginia is kind of a tough team to get a beat on this year. And Kansas, and I know they lost this game and they were at home. They're but better. They're, they are definitely better. I don't think there's any argument there whatsoever. And my guess is they probably chip someone off here this season that maybe they're a big underdog in that game
1: big 12 report is presented by red carpet charters the official motor coach carrier of ou athletics iowa state racked up 70 to 72 points on louisiana monroe and there you see the other finals a little bit of a mystery as to baylor struggle against rice down in houston they only beat them 21 to 13. That was last week. Here's what the Big 12 slate looks like this week. Four games, Kansas at TCU, Iowa State and Baylor. That's an intriguing one.
2: Fantastic slate of games. We're going to pick that game later.
1: And then the night game down in Stillwater, up in Stillwater, K-State, Oklahoma State. We're going to pick that one, too. I really
2: like Kansas State. I like what they've done so far. Oklahoma State coming off of a big deflating loss on the road. Iowa State, Baylor, um... Iowa State finally gets it together, scores some points, but Baylor, who has looked so solid, didn't look so fantastic in their last outing. So, I don't know. These are are some good Big 12 games. Looks like we're going to have a bunch of these this year.
1: Game of the night last week, Georgia-Notre Dame between the hedges, and it was a good one. Georgia won this game 23-17. I'm not sure, though, Teddy. I didn't come out of this game thinking more highly of Notre Dame than I did Georgia.
2: Well, especially for the first three quarters, you know, the first half, Notre Dame looked like they were by far the better football team. I thought their defense looked great offensively. They were just taking what was given to them. Uh, But Georgia, I think that home crowd, they started to make some plays. Notre Dame maybe got a little bit rattled. That environment really kicked up and uh, turned into a really, really fun game. Georgia was able to outlast them. uh, But a great football game by two really, really good football teams.
1: College Station, Auburn probably has the best wins so far this year. They got that win over Oregon on the opening weekend, and now they go into College Station and beat Texas A&M 28-20.
2: How about that reverse? That kid can fly. Pretty impressive stuff from, from Auburn. And we've kind of seen this. From Auburn throughout the years, just randomly, whenever they've got a quarterback that can make plays, they're a really good football team, and they got the young freshman that's kind of uh, willing and Dylan all over the field right now, and they're playing at a high level. Maybe the best resume in college football. Did you stay awake for this? <laughs> yes, until I couldn't handle it anymore and had to <laughs> had to walk away. <laughs> the most amazing football game I think I've I've ever seen or heard of.
1: Washington State led UCLA by thirty-two midway through actually closer to late third quarter and UCLA scores 50 points in the final 19 minutes of the game to pull off the 67 63 comeback win
2: it's it's 49 17 like you said 652 to go in the third and UCLA scores four touchdowns in less than four minutes of clock on the on the scoreboard, it's unbelievable. Mathematically, it should be impossible to that's score as many the, points as they, that's as they did. That's not the same team we played. No, in the Rose Bowl, I, it's like they just came alive all of a sudden and had some energy even chip kelly looked like he was alive on the sideline for the first yeah. time this year <laughs> i you know just just unbelievable i i can't even imagine what that locker room was like for washington state after that football game and that was at home this is a home football the game The
1: quarterback threw nine touchdowns and lost uh, when, when they got up into the 50s and 60s i was thinking about you just pulling well started to say pulling your hair out but thro- ripping your tv <laughs> off the wall Watching well, this. I know you hate these no, high scores. games. that was
2: coming. I, w- I felt like ripping the TV off the wall, so uh-huh. I just I you turned went the ben- TV off and went to bed. <laughs> All Barry. right. Uh,
1: there's the winner. We stayed with it through the winter. Look at Chip smiling. 67-63. All right, it's time for our uh, Pick'em segment. Welcome back to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. This is uh, the segment where we pick five games every week. Let's remind you, though, how it went a two weeks ago. You have to think all the way back to the games we picked two weeks ago when we were last on with you. Graphic, please. Pick'em segment two weeks ago. There it is. Washington State at Houston. We all had Wazoo. K-State at Mississippi State. Only Tilly went with K-State. Our producer, Zach Tilly. Iowa and Iowa State, you were both right. Florida at Kentucky. Me and you got that one, Ted. Tech at Arizona, we all missed. There's the standings at the top uh tilly is leading by two games he's 10 and 5 teddy and i both at 8 and 7 made Hard up to even a little, remember those games
2: it is i made up a little ground on you uh that was a long time ago but uh still really impressed by that kansas state win
1: all right you ready to pick this week's games let's Here do it come. first first, tough one, ones. first game is in the big 10 this is uh on friday night i believe penn state at maryland
2: Usually this would be the easiest pick of, you know, all year. But Maryland's turned out to be a really good football team. I'm still going to take Penn State. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one. Penn State has quietly uh, played a really nice season so far this year. I'm going to take Penn State over Maryland. But I'll tell you, um, and call this a hedge if you want, but it would not shock me if Maryland pulled the upset here. I've changed
1: my mind on this one. I was going with Maryland and then I changed to Penn State, and it's just a gut feel because I haven't seen Penn State very right. much this year. It's been so quiet for them. I just think when you know, when push comes to shove, they're going to be able to push and shove Maryland around. So I got Penn State as well.
2: Tilly is going with Maryland. I can't say that that's a bad It's pick. not a bad I think pick. it's going to be a really good football game.
1: Virginia at Notre Dame. There's are two ranked teams, one of only two top 25 matchups. This
2: they week. are. I'm going to take Notre Dame here, but – This is a tough spot for them. On the road, a big emotional football game against a top five opponent comes down to the last drive of the game. They weren't able to cap it off. They're down. They got to take the long flight home. I'm going to take Notre Dame here, but this is another one where you just, a, a year or two ago, we're saying Virginia, yeah, Notre Dame easily wins this game. Virginia's a really good football team. And they might be smelling blood a little bit here with Notre Dame kind of limping home, but I'm going to take Notre Dame.
1: Bronco Mendenhall? Is he still at Virginia? I believe so. Yeah. Um, I think Virginia's good. I I agree with everything you said about potentially a letdown, but I think Notre Dame's too good. Notre Dame wins it. Uh, Tilly agrees. All of us have Notre Dame. All right. Uh, Good one in the Pac-12. USC goes to Washington. The other top 25 matchup.
2: Is USC the most difficult team to predict in, in college football They or lose what? a quarterback every first week and play. the next guy plays better. They lose a quarterback on the like the first or second play of the game and the other guy comes in just whips it all over the field like, like nothing happened. Uh, I originally took USC in this game, but I feel like Washington at home, they are the better football team. USC can at times play really good and look really good. But I've got to go with Washington. They're more consistent.
1: Washington lost a game at home already this year to Cal early. It's not going to happen again. Jacob Eason off to a good start for them up there. Quarterback Washington wins. Tilly is going with USC. He's the leader. Again,
2: not a bad pick. Let's go to the Big 12. Final two games are in the Big 12. Iowa State at Baylor. This is another tough one to pick. Um, I'm going Baylor. I know they didn't look good in their last game. It was kind of, we thought that they would blow Rice out, but, uh, you know, just hung on to get that win. They looked really solid early on. I like their quarterback. I like what they've done defensively. Finally, for the first time, they've got a bunch of experience coming back on this football team. I'm going to take Baylor. Iowa State just has not looked the way I thought they were going to look this year. They're a team that has gotten better as the season's gone on the last couple of years. But for whatever reason, I'm I'm buying on Baylor right now and selling on Iowa State.
1: I think Matt Rule was saving the playbook a little bit last week mm-hmm. against uh, Rice. I'm taking Baylor as well, although... Iowa State scored 72 last week, and I'm wondering if they have figured something out. Iowa State's actually favored in this right. game.
2: Right. I was two by two, I We're believe. We're taking Baylor.
1: The, and, of course, the one in Stillwater, K-State, Oklahoma State. Who you got?
2: I'm taking Kansas State in this game. Wow. I, I really like what they've done with this. the way they play. They are uh, they're a heavy run. They are a very physical bunch. They've Smash got mouth. a bunch of seniors on that offensive line. Defensively, quietly, they've put together an unbelievable resume. Now, I know their first couple of games weren't against uh, high-level opponents, but Mississippi State's a good football team, and they dominated that game. I think Oklahoma State is also in a kind of a vulnerable situation, limping in after a a tough road game, maybe uh, looking past a, a Kansas State team who no one thought very highly of coming into this year. I'm going out on a limb and taking Kansas State. Tough spot for OSU. Mm-hmm.
1: Coming off an emotional game. K State had a bye last week, so they've had two weeks to get ready for this game. And what they do travels. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind of football they That's play right. travels. But I think in Stillwater, OSU is not going to lose two in a row. It's going to be a fun game to watch. We've got a morning kickoff so we can mm-hmm. get home to watch this game because it's at 6 o'clock if you've got the streaming thing. Oh, it's yeah. not on TV, it's on ESPN the streaming plus. thing. Plus. Yeah. I'm taking OSU. Tilly is taking OSU as well. Let me ask you a quick question Go on that ahead. game.
2: All right. Who's got the better quarterback? Skylar Thompson or Spencer Sanders?
1: I'll answer that about 930 okay. Saturday night. Perfect. I'll get back to you on that. Perfect. All right. It's close. Right. Skylar
2: Thompson's He's having been a great, great. year been so
1: great. far. All right, t- time to take a look back at our over under results from week three. Again, we're looking back to the OU UCLA game. First topic was 22-and-a-half point margin of victory for OU. They won 48-14. That's 34. We all took the over. We were all right. Two-and-a-half turnovers forced by the OU defense. They ended up with two. So the negative Zach Tilly, the only one to get that one correct. Four-and-a-half total touchdowns for Jalen Hurts. He accounted for four. Teddy, you got that one. And 20-and-a-half incompletions thrown by Dorian Thompson Robinson. I have no idea what he did, but it was less than 20-and-a-half Incompletions, so we got that one right. So your updated results at the top. It's tight, eight and four. Teddy at seven and five. Tilly at seven and five. It is close. As we welcome you back for the final segment of uh, the huddle, Lincoln Riley show is coming up next. Let's take a look at our over under topics for this week. OU and Texas Tech. And our first topic is seventy three and a half total points scored in this game. Over under.
2: I'm going over. I think Oklahoma's going to score pretty much at will. They may get a couple of stops, but we've just got too much offensively. Running game is too potent. Jalen Hurts, uh, our two running backs, too good. Offensive line, uh, getting better, running the football. Skill position guys on the outside, wide receivers. The deep ball's there. The catch and run stuff is there. I think we're going to have a huge day. And... I do think that Texas Tech is going to have some limited success on us. I think they'll put up some points. My guess is it might be some late stuff, but I do think they go over the 73 side, and a half.
1: Side topic. How many points does the OU defense give up for you to be happy in this game? I like asking you this question.
2: To be happy? Yeah, this I, or less. Well, I don't know that there's a, a a real answer there to that. You look at some of the, the scores this year – They've been great, but whenever we get late in the game, they start to get deeper into some of their rotations. They give up a couple of uh, of scores, but you come away from the game and you say, I think that starting group played really well, but you look at the scoreboard and it's not really reflective of how those guys played. So So you're dodging the question. I would say if if the starters hold this squad to under 24 points, you've got to feel pretty good.
1: I'm going to take the over and I'm going to tell you why. 2015 these two teams played it was 63 to 27 2016 it was 66 to 59 do you remember that game teddy unfortunately 2017 it was a defensive affair 49 to 27 and last year they got together for a 51 46 game That's a 90, 125, 76, and 97 points scored the last four years. 73 and a half seems too low for me. All of those
2: scores that you just rattled off are immaterial when it comes to this matchup.
1: Somebody read their thes- <laughs> thesaurus today. <laughs> did, did I use that properly? I Aaron, don't know. Aaron logged you onto thesaurus.com today, didn't she? I blacked out what there happened. Question number two. Oh, uh, Tilly's taking the over as well. Nine and a half tackles for K-9. Kenneth Murray, nine and a half.
2: I'm going under. The reason I'm going under has nothing to do with how I think he's going to play. I think he's going to have a great game. But in this defense... With everyone contributing, I think the the plays are spread out. I, I see guys making the plays they're supposed to. The guys tackling better on the outside. The defensive line getting more engaged in the running game and making tackles for loss and tackles at the line of scrimmage. I think he goes under, but I still think he plays an excellent football game.
1: I'm going to take the over just because I think there's going to be more plays in this game mm-hmm. he had a big opener his tackle totals have been down the last couple of games not because he's played poorly but for right. everything you just said i think he gets the double digit tackles this time uh tilly agrees with me he's taking the over as well texas tech will they get to 20 points 19.5 here
2: i'm i'm taking the over i think they get there like i said maybe we get deeper into some mm-hmm. rotations later in the game give up a, a score or two I'll take the over, but I think we're going to come away from this football game saying uh, our defense is right on track like we had hoped from the the first couple of football games.
1: It sounds like you're saying they could go over this and you could still be pleased. 100%. I agree with you. I think they'll get over that and just barely. I think it'll be somewhere in the 21-24 range for Texas Tech. Tilly agrees. He'll take the over as well. And our final topic, rushing yards for OU. Are they getting to 300 again? 299.5.
2: Yes. I've... Come to learn in this game, this Pickham game, the over/unders. That whenever there's an offensive category, take the over. <laughs> you take the over. It doesn't matter how ridiculous it is. You take the over and don't even worry about it. And chances well, are you're going to hit.
1: The key to this for me is the Arizona rushing yards. Arizona ran for 314 against them. I think uh, Oklahoma's got a better running game, even though the Khalil Tate kid is really good out in Arizona. Uh, the Oklahoma rushing game is, is – and they've had – remember what Trey Sermon did to them a year ago. Sure. So uh, I think they'll go over. Tilly agrees going over as well. well. We've got 15 seconds. I got? think
2: it's we're going to have a big lead. The problem is when Oklahoma tries to run out the clock with the running game, it may be their best strength.
1: Yeah. Hand the ball to Trey Sermon to right. move the clock. All right. 11 a.m. on Saturday. We'll be on the air with you at 9 a.m. for the Sooner Radio pregame show. And we'll see you next week on The Huddle. This
3: has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv podcast.
1: And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OUOnTheAir.
3: Look around, you can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars.